Hey, Anna, remember that time Bonnie Parker actually hated cigars? Welcome to Remember That Time in Historical Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Webb. And I'm your host, Amanda Webb. This is a podcast where two sisters totally geek out on all their favorite moments in history. Welcome back. Yay. Here Welcome we are. Welcome back to an unthemed month for what? us. What? What? Never heard of that. Decaf. What? What? Oh, wow. That was a specific reference. Sorry. Yeah, that no one's going to get. Uh, maybe some people. It was a weird pull for this yeah. particular moment. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of decaf, <laughs> do you <laughs> want a drink update? Oh, no. I would love a drink update. Wow. What are you that dr- was. What are you... Wow. <laughs> what are you drinking? Um, I'm having some rosé. Ooh. I'm not usually a rosé person, but, you know, I got some. It's summer. And I was just like, I'll just have a little, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking water. Just normal. I was life almost. Over here. I was almost drinking water today, and then I was like, mm, "It's always cursed when I drink water on this podcast. <laughs> Something uh, always goes wrong." Yeah, and so, we're already running late this week, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> wouldn't have been oh, great man. for us. We literally middle of the week. I was like, "Oh, we have to record." I totally just wasn't even thinking about it. Same and. Dear listeners, we're recording a little bit differently, like in terms of our schedule, because we're going to be on vacation during the time that we would normally record mm-hmm. our episode after this one. So I just like my brain is all kinds of messed up on our Same. recording schedule. So, man, I it has been a bit of a time. Um, <laughs> yeah. So but that's we're here. Where we are. We're here and we're doing it. We're here and we're doing it. And what are we going to be talking about today, Amanda? Uh, Today we're going to talk about Bonnie and Clyde. That's such a good one. Yeah, classics. Yeah. Um, Gonna give a warning off the top. Mm -hmm. A lot of violence in this one. Just a a lot. tale. Yeah, um, I I would say that it's comparable to our Jack the Ripper episode. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you were okay with that one... It sh- I I can't imagine it would be any worse than that, but no. there is a lot of lot of lot of death and destruction in this one. So yeah, um, like like we always story. say, take care of yourself if you need to. Skip it. Totally understand. Yeah. So let's get into it, shall we? Let's shall. Let's shall. Uh, well, here at the start, we're gonna bounce back and forth a little bit because we're sure. talking about two people. Um, so Clyde Champion Barrow, which is an excellent name. Wow. Yeah. Is born on March 24th, 1909 in Ellis County, Texas to Henry Basil Barrow, also wow. a fantastic name. And Cumi, I think. Sure. Talitha Walker. So powerful names. Yes. Um, he is the fifth of seven children. Yikes. <laughs> Early 1900s. That was just not for me. Yeah. Uh, and then Bonnie Elizabeth Parker is born on October 1st, 1910 in Rowena, Texas to Charles Robert Parker and Emma Parker. And um, she is the second of three children. Those names are like, just so boring in comparison. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> and and we'll we'll talk a little more about um, some, a couple of Clyde's family members later. Also, also some names on those. Well, kids. I can't imagine that they would have those three would have those names, and then all of a sudden it would be like Bob. Yeah, that wouldn't that suck to be yeah. that person in that family? They were like, we couldn't think of anything creative for you, <laughs> so so you're just Jerry, you know? Oh man. So uh, Clyde's family moves to West Dallas, which is like the suburbs of Dallas, but like not the good suburbs of Dallas. Okay. Um, in the early 1920s, uh, there was like a big influx of people moving into oh, these yes. areas at this time. Um, they actually spend their first few months living under their wagon until they can afford a tent for their family the of a bajillion children. So that's yikes. how it was, though. Yeah. Um, 
So they, they're a pretty poor farming family. That's his background. Uh, Bonnie's father dies when she is one years old. One years, what? When she's one year old. Wow. She's (laughs) one years old. (laughs) Whose birthdays are it? (laughs) It's another deep pull. Sorry. Yeah. Um, her mother moves her family back to her parents' house, which is also in West Dallas. Ooh. Um, so they're in the same <laughs> so area. So weird. Wild. Two people meeting because they live near each other? A concept. <laughs> I couldn't find a ton recorded about their, like, childhood childhoods. Like, that's about all mm-hmm. I could find. Um, I know that during their teen years, when Bonnie was in high school, she liked writing. And we'll talk more about her writing a yes. little bit later. Um, and when he was a teenager, Clyde tried to join the Navy, but he had like residual medical problems from a childhood illness, like maybe yellow fever or something like that. Yeah. Um, so he's rejected for medical reasons. And he had like already gotten a tattoo that was like U.S. Navy (laughs) and he did not get into the Navy, which is unfortunate. Oh, that's so embarrassing. Yeah, unfortunate. Oh my God. Do you know what? I'm sorry. While we're talking about the Navy, I was recently watching Downton Abbey. I've been like rewatching it and, you know, it takes place part of it during the war. Mm -hmm. And there are so many scenes where these people are talking about like needing to enlist and not feeling right because they're not serving. And I just spent the whole time being like, oh God, that is the worst mindset we ever could have instilled in young men. Yeah, (laughs) big time. So many of our problems stem from that. Yes. Oh, like they were all so embarrassed if they couldn't join for some reason or Mm -hmm. uh, like, now if it were me, if I were trying to join the Navy and they were like, look, you have a medical excuse not to, I'd be like, great. Bye. Excellent. (laughs) I feel great about that. Thank you so much. That was a tangent. I'm sorry. No, but I agree. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's about all I, I could find from early childhood, early teen years. Everything that happens after this, though. Fast. Fast paced. They lived a wild life. So Mm -hmm. let's get going. In 1926, Bonnie drops out of school and marries Roy Thornton six days before her 16th birthday. Mm -hmm. Yikes. Mm -hmm. Um, Their marriage is not happy and they start to drift apart almost immediately. Do you know how old he was? Um, I they met at school. Okay, so, so he even age. if he was okay. older, it couldn't have been more. They than were three they were schoolmates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, I I I couldn't find how old he was, but I know that they met at school. So I was just curious. Yeah, they both dropped out of school. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, they they're not happy. They start to drift drift apart. They don't ever actually get divorced, <laughs> but Roy gets arrested. I think for murder in January of 1929 and they just never see each other again after that. Wow. Okay. So we're coming in hot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So just, just remember as we go forward, she's still technically married. Technically married. Yeah. 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 Yep. That seems like it was a common thing then though. Yes. Yeah. Cause I feel like we touched on this before. I don't remember which episode it was, but we were talking Uh, about like, there was a time when it was like, if you just went to a different state, like, no one would know the difference. Mm-hmm. That was pretty common. Yeah. Um. Also in 1926, Clyde gets arrested for the first time uh, mm-hmm. for failing to return a rental car. Ooh, he bad. wasn't even doing anything buck wild. He just was like a couple days late returning the car. But um, that started it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the company drops the charges and he's released very shortly after but then like three weeks later he gets arrested again for stealing a a truck of turkeys with his brother buck (laughs) truck of turkeys truck of turkeys with buck (laughs) no man we'll come back to buck later okay can't wait (laughs) so bonnie and clyde meet through a mutual friend on january 5th 1930 um i feel like it's important to point out that their whole story was in the 30s and not the 20s. Because I think yes. people get that wrong. Correct. There's so many references to them in, like, media. And a lot of the, like, thematic, 
you know, styling and that kind of thing is all very 1920s. But it's like, no, that's not actually right. So when you're thinking yes. about it, just remember they were well, born in the 20s, but their their collective story took place in the 30s. And that is true for a lot of these yes. really popular um, bankrupt. Like when I think about the other names we're going to mention in this episode, Babyface Nelson, yes. Pretty Boy Floyd. Yes. They were, people also associate them with the 20s, even though they were deeply like Dust Bowl pre-depression era. And I don't know robbers. what it is that they want all of that to be in the 20s. And then it makes the 30s seem like such an uninteresting era. Like I feel mm-hmm. like we skip over the 30s a lot because we think think so many things happened in the 20s that didn't happen in the 20s and then we move on to the 40s mm-hmm. and the 50s and the like housewife you know that kind of um aesthetic mm-hmm. and we totally missed the 30s but all of this interesting stuff happened well then. it's because the 30s was the depression era and yeah uh, but but because of that people like these people we're desperate to do right. stuff like That's this. That's why this stuff mm-hmm. happened. It's exactly. so it's so interesting to me. Anyway, yeah. I took yeah. us on another tangent. I'm so it's sorry. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of them. Don't worry. Yeah. Um. So they meet through a mutual friend on January 5th, 1930. I think it was that Bonnie was like staying with a friend who was recovering from yeah. an injury, and Clyde was friends with these people. They meet at their house. Whatever. That's what uh, I've heard. They yeah. apparently fall in love like immediately. Of course. <laughs> Uh, they spend a lot it's of time together in the next couple so, months. So, like, manic pixie dream girl and boy somehow. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, because they're both so young. They're yeah. 19 yeah. and 17, I think. Or, no, 21 and 19 yeah. when they meet. Um, they're, they are just barely, like, Adults. just over a year apart. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're young. Um, so, yeah, they spend a lot of time together in the next couple months. But in April... Clyde is arrested for auto theft Again. and is set to East Ham Prison Farm. And just content warning, not going to be fun for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. Um, he escapes using a gun that Bonnie had smuggled him, but he's quickly captured and sent back to the prison. Clyde is sexually assaulted while he's in prison, which was not uncommon. Um he eventually kills his attacker with a pipe. Yes. Which he was sure his does. uh his first murder, which is a wild sentence to say just in general. <laughs> um and another inmate who was already serving a life sentence took the blame for that. Yes, killing. I've heard that story mm-hmm. before. Ugh. Um so he's already having a rough time, right? And he is also physically exhausted by the hard labor because not only is he in a prison he's at a prison farm so they already made people do terrible hard labor in prisons but he's like and still do yeah yes um but he's like in in one of the places where it's the worst of the worst right yeah um so to avoid being assigned the hard labor either him or another inmate it's the stories differ it's not clear who uh, cuts off two of his toes. Oh my god! Um, so that he won't have to go out and do physical labor anymore. Yikes! Um, so that tells you how bad the labor was. If someone was willing to cut off two of their toes to avoid it, yeah, not great. Not great. Um, this does allow him to not have to do that work anymore. But he's released six days later. Not worth it. Isn't that brutal? <laughs> Not worth it. It's brutal. His Yikes. his mother petitions for his release, and he's patrolled on February seventh. Nope. Er, nope. Parole. He's wow. not patrolled. No. Wow. <laughs> Whoops. He's paroled. He's patrolled. He's patrolled. <laughs> I've been staring at these notes, notes for too long. He's paroled on that February 2nd, 1932. Of, one of the best ones we've had. He is yeah. patrolled. He is patrolled. Uh, okay. I'm um, tired. And I'm so sorry. he he walks with a limp for the rest of his life. Well, yeah, he cut yeah. off two of his toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um I saw this quote that was talking about uh according to one of his biographers. Uh, Barrow's goal in life was not to gain fame or fortune from robbing banks, but to seek revenge against the Texas prison system for the abuses that he suffered while serving time. And I mean, <laughs> listen, I'm not condoning any of the stuff that these people did. I know. <laughs> I do 100% 
get wanting mm-hmm. to seek revenge on the Texas prison system, especially in the 1930s. Yeah. That is an impulse that I can at least... Understand the, like, understand the line of logic there, yeah. The, yes, it's yeah. not illogical. Yeah. I mean, it well, is a little bit, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's it's not illogical, it's just an overreaction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I do, I do think that that is a, an important distinction to make between him and other um, criminals yes. of the time. Oh, um, yeah. Because, of well, course, at you least, have some... At least at the start, because yes. let's be honest, as things go on, it's very much like you know, you're used to the power and yeah. that kind of thing. Because, like, you had you had some pe- criminals who became real Robin Hoods, right? Like, were Robin Banks and given sure. to whatever. It was the Depression. You had some who were absolutely in it for the fame and fortune. The, all, yes. You know, all the big names who get all the nicknames and whatever. Like, that's what they're in it for. Uh, and, and, of course, the law, as time goes on, that's ha- just naturally how you're going to progress if you start being well, a career criminal. This, uh, that's what I was going to say. This yeah. is the era of the career criminal where it's yeah. like, that is just how you made money because mm-hmm. there was no real other way to do it. And mm-hmm. you got very famous. You yeah. got very famous from doing it. But I do think keeping that motivation in mind for them is important. Um, sure. It, it, it reflects, like, everything, I, I think their their biggest, like, hits or whatever um, reflect that motivation. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know? It, ma- it makes the story make more sense yes, for them. Yes, yeah. for sure. Um, after he's released, uh, Bonnie, Clyde, and another inmate named Ra- Ralph Fultz, who was released at the same time, uh, start robbing, like, mom and pop shops and gas stations. Uh, it's believed that they were trying to gather money and firepower so they could raid the East Ham prison. So like oh, we said, okay. at first, you know, they were, he was already like a punk kid criminal, right? He was already sure. stealing stuff. Like, and, and his family was poor and, you know, yeah. like that's, that that's just like. Uh, the again, it's of, like, what else does he have to do, I guess? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and Bonnie was very infatuated by that because yes. that's how her Husband was too. Like he was also that kind of person. So it Bonnie makes a lot very of sense. much had an obsession with this. Like with the image. she was, she was into the lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, and the image, and like I don't know about the notoriety necessarily. It, it was I a guess. lot more romantic for her. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and for him, it was just like this is what he does. This is what he knows. This is what he yeah. does, and this is what he's trying to achieve. He wants to get revenge. That's on. why they were the perfect match for each yeah. other. Bonnie and Ralph are arrested on April 19th while robbing a hardware store. Uh, they bur- they both serve some time, so she's in prison for a little bit. Um, while in prison, Bonnie writes several of her most famous poems, um, including The Story of Suicide Sal oh, yeah. and The Trail's End, which will later become known as The Story of Bonnie and Clyde. Um, sure. So, but I am sure you have heard so pieces. famous. From at least Trails End, if not also the story of Suicide Sal, both very famous. The story of Suicide Sal was more famous, at least when I was learning about it, I think. Yeah, I think it's, that one is a lot more of a, like, storytelling kind of story, and the other mm-hmm. one is more her, like, kind of rambling about her and, <laughs> yeah. and Clyde, but, um, yes, her her writing is decent and very famous, it's it's not bad. It's very pretentious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bonnie thinks pretty highly of not just herself, but of her and Clyde. Like, mm-hmm. she thinks very highly of the two of them together. Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because she's a, a romantic. Like, that's yeah. just how she views the world. That's kind totally. of what she is. Um, she's released after a grand jury fails to indict her, but Fultz is tried and he never rejoins them. So we're going <laughs> to be Can you talking- imagine <laughs> if it were the story of Bonnie and Clyde and Ralph? Well, that we're going to- famous t- trio. We're going to talk about the, the, their crew a lot. Um, and there are some right. like rotating members of that. Yeah, and he of just course. didn't end up being one of them. But could you imagine? No, <laughs> yeah. Bonnie, Clyde, and Ralph. <laughs> The three uh, uh, amigos. These three rascals. <laughs> the three musketeers. Um, but speaking of important members of this gang, mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve of 1932, 16-year-old W.D. Jones joins yes. the gang. 
Um, I'm probably going to mostly refer to him as Jones just because it's easier. Sure. Um, yeah. And within the next month that he is with the gang, he helps murder at least two people. Yeah. And the, the gang collectively has murdered, I think, five people since he's been released from prison. Since Clyde has been released. Since Clyde prison. has been released from prison. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them were cops. Again, makes sense. Yeah. For his whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, they, they, they are uh, not hesitant to shoot. No. That's just not there. Yeah. That's one way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in March of 1933, Clyde's brother Buck is released from the Texas State Prison, and he has received a full pardon from the governor. I don't know what for. He was just stealing turkey trucks. Yeah, I don't know if he was still in jail for that or if it was for something else. I have Mm. no idea. Because when Clyde got sent to prison for that long period was for auto theft, not for the turkeys. Well, you have a feeling maybe they were just pardoning people because they were, the prisons were probably very overcrowded. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, Buck and his wife Blanche join up with Bonnie, Clyde, and Jones shortly after this. Um, and this is sort of our core of the, the Barrow gang. That's what they become known as, the Mm -hmm. Barrow gang. Um, like I said, it sees a lot of different members over the years, and some are very important to our story, and we'll get to them, but these five are, right. like, who you think of when you think of the Barrow Gang. Um, during this time, they are set up at a hideout in Joplin, Missouri. On April 13th, the police come to raid the hideout. They, I, they, I don't even think they know that they're there. I think they think it's bootleggers. Yeah, um, that's what I have read was that they thought it was bootleggers, or they just generally were looking there, there for was, bootleggers. There was some ruckus there, and yeah. they were like, ah, some people are hiding out here, we need to go raid right. this building. Um, the There is a shootout between the gang and the police. Um, Clyde, Buck, and Jones fire and kill one officer and wait, fatally wound another. Um, so there we are again, they are not hesitant to shoot. Uh, the gang manages to escape, but they leave most of their possessions behind. Uh, the police find Buck's parole papers, which are like three weeks old at this point. (laughs) Um, a bunch of weapons. They had been hoarding a lot of guns. Uh, they find some of Bonnie's poetry and a camera filled with rolls of undeveloped film. Mm Mm-hmm. So the police take that film to the Joplin Globe newspaper to get it developed. And they find the series of now very yes. famous photos of the I just game. was like, I should look at those. You have <laughs> just, seen these photos. I just Googled I them because I was like, I want to look at those while we're talking yeah, about they, it. Yeah, they are, they are very, 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 very famous, these images. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and here's why. Because the Globe, that newspaper publishes those photos and some of Bonnie's poems in the newspaper. Um, And one of the pictures very famously is Bonnie with like a cigar in her mouth and she's like holding a pistol. And we'll talk more later about like misconceptions about her as a person, but they very much start with that very famous picture. Yes. She's leaning on a car, Mm -hmm. holding a gun. And she's got a cigar in her mouth. Yeah. Um, And people eat it up yes (laughs) they are obsessed they make the this gang extremely famous and they're really well liked by the the one for me is the one of her holding the shotgun and like pointing it at his stomach yeah and she's going to grab a gun out of his belt yeah that's the super like famous one in my brain in my brain Um, it's the one where she's sitting on his hip and he's holding that too yeah Yeah. that's a good one Uh, aren't they leading on a car yeah they're sitting on a car yeah um the, but yeah, but the like female criminal like holding guns and yeah, very big. The, something I something I was reading was talking about you know like each of these really famous people of the area had like or of the era had something that was intriguing about them, and for yeah. them it was like the couple, sexy, the killer couple. You know, it yeah. was like ooh dramatic and like you know very very Marilyn Monroe of her time. You know, it was like intriguing mm-hmm. and scandalous that they were like yes. riding around doing crime yeah and These you get young, this, this whole narrative people, of like yeah 
they're oh they're like living together probably like living in sin or whatever yeah, they would yeah. call it then and like oh it's very scandalous yes and, and and powerful in a way yes. that people weren't used to. Yeah, yeah. it's fascinating. So, I mean, for, for these people, it's the Great Depression. Nobody's got nothing. They're bored Life as heck. sucks. But these people have become their their entertainment. Like they're their they, celebrities. Real yes. life criminals were their Hollywood. You yeah, know? totally. Um, and that's and so, why Hollywood is so obsessed with these stories. By correct. the way, yes. Yeah. Um, so yes, this is this is when they start to become known. Because you know, a lot of the times with people like this, when we talk about them, it's like they don't get like wildly famous until way after the fact. But yeah. these people were wildly famous then and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for the next several months, the gang is kind of like moving around the Texas and Missouri area. They stick to like f- like five or so southern states that they mm-hmm. bounce around a lot. Um, they attempt a couple of bank robberies, even though they're pretty, like, in people's heads, they think of them as famous bank robbers, but they are not. They yeah, don't like, rob that many banks. They like, three or four banks total, I think. Yeah. Well, it's that just, was, uh, like we said, it's kind of the era of the bank robber. So if you have exactly. robbed a bank, you are lo- lumped in with those, exactly. you know, types of um, criminals. This is also when they start uh, kidnapping people. Um, yes. So they will snatch people from the scene of wherever they are and then drive them across state lines and drop them off with a couple dollars and a clean t-shirt and tell them to Yes. Leave. They stole a lot more from just random people than they ever did from like They They banks. stole from <laughs> mom and pop shops, gas yeah. stations, and arsenals. They wanted weapons. Right. Um, th- that was really what their, their thing was. But there are a ton of stories of them stealing from people and like you said, just driving them across state lines and leaving them there. And that, they like leave like, them with a couple dollars and just tell them to walk Because they thought home. it was like the way that they weren't going to be super traceable. Like yeah. if they left them across state lines, it was like... Well, now I'm back over here and and you over there can't get me. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there were a lot more laws about like, you know, if this happens in Missouri. Cross state lines. If this happens in Missouri and they drop them off back in Texas, now the cops in Missouri can't go get them while they're in Texas, you know. So that was their whole, very much their strategy. They bounced around a bunch of states because they couldn't, nothing they were doing was a federal crime yet. So they couldn't be chased across state lines. Yes. It was absolutely their very intentional strategy. Yes, for sure. Um, But because they're now, like, kind of famous, they are having a really hard time staying anywhere. They are, like, constantly on the run because everyone recognizes them and now everything they're doing is getting covered in the papers, you know? Yeah. Um, apparently this makes, you know, tensions really high. Jones, like, leaves for a little while because he, like, couldn't deal with it. And eventually he comes back and, you know, keeps working with them. Um, so yeah, they're, they're having a rougher go of it now. On June 10th, 1933, Bonnie and Clyde are driving middle of nowhere, Texas. And Clyde misses detour signs for a closed bridge ahead. And oh yes! He smashes through a barricade at seventy-five or seventy miles per hour, and they like drive off the bridge yes. and pretty severely crash the car. Well, yeah. Um, the sources are mixed on whether th- this next thing happened because of a gasoline fire or because of the car's battery acid. But one way or another, Bonnie suffers really, really, really severe third degree burns on her right leg. Like to the oh. point where in some places it was to the bone. It was uh, really, really serious. Yeah. Uh. Um, so she is not doing, like they thought no. she was going to die. She was really yeah. severely injured. Um, they managed to like get out of the scene of the crash um, and regroup with the rest of the gang. Um, and they hide out near Fort Smith, Arkansas for a while to try and like help Bonnie. Cause they can't take her to a hospital. So they just have to like scrounge around and figure it out, you know, and try and help her. Um, but she, uh, she now will also walk with a limp for the rest of her life. Because I of cannot this. believe she made it through that. I know. 
genuinely. Why? Without without medical attention. Like, if she had gotten medical attention, I'd be like, oh, okay, sure. But the fact that they basically just had to hide out and figure it out for themselves, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's shocking that she lived, frankly. Mm -hmm. Especially because they are still, like, everywhere that they stop are still, like, robbing places either to get medical supplies for her or money to get medical supplies for her. So they keep having to flee from place to place when she's still not fully recovered, you know? Crazy. So in July of 1933, the gang is hiding out in Pallet City, Missouri. Uh, Clyde and Jones go into town to buy bandages and medicine to treat Bonnie's leg. And all of the druggists in the area have been told to look out for those purchases. Like, because they've the, been spotted buying them elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. And I can't, they, the authorities knew that Bonnie was injured. So they knew these are the things that they need right. to help her. So if somebody's buying them, let us know. So the druggist alerts the police to that purchase and they figure out that it's them. Um, a large group of officers approach their hideout and a shootout begins because it's them. Um, <laughs> the gang manages to escape because the horn on the armored car is hit by a bullet and the officers mistake the sound for the ceasefire alarm. So it like damages the, it like short circuits the horn and it like Yeah, I understand goes off. that. Yeah. What I don't understand is why they would think there would be be a ceasefire alarm in I don't this know. situation. <laughs> I do not know. Um, but they, like, I, retreat, I and they don't chase after them because they think they're being told to ceasefire. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, no. You know... <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a a lot of incompetence. With true crime stories, the things that always get me are like, (laughs) oh, oh, we have the bad guys. Oh, there they go. Oh, we we lost them. We missed them. (laughs) There's so much of that. Yeah. Oh, man. I could say a lot more about that, but I won't. This is not the venue. (laughs) Uh, So during this shootout, Buck is shot in the head. (gasps) The shot doesn't kill him, but he has, like, a hole in his forehead and his brain is, like, fully exposed. Yeah, not not cool. Not cute. Not fun. Um, So he's really severely injured. Blanche is also nearly blinded by glass shards and later will go blind in one of her eyes because of this whole situation. Yeah, it was not cute. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, So... The gang is camping out at the abandoned amusement park Dexfield Park in Dexter, Iowa. Uh, Buck is still alive somehow, but his injuries are so severe that Clyde and Jones dig a grave for him. Like, they think he's going to die there. Sure. Um, Some locals, like, notice their presence there and notify the police. And the police show up, and so do, like, a hundred spectators. Oh, no. Um... And there's, you know, another shootout. Uh, Bonnie, Clyde, and Jones managed to escape on foot. Uh, Buck is shot in the back. Oh. Again, still kicking. Poor um, Buck. And he and Blanche are captured. And I actually think that this shootout is what ended up blinding Blanche. And oh, okay. I, I think it was during this shootout where they were captured. Um Buck doesn't make it. Five days later, he well, no. is he he gets surgery, but he also had pneumonia, and his other yeah. sevi- his other injuries were so severe that it eventually kills him. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. So now they are like pretty seriously on the run. The, the, that was two really, really, really close scrapes. Yeah. For them. Um. For the next, like, six weeks, the remaining three members of the gang are on the run throughout the area. They're still committing armed robberies and trying to rebuild their arsenal because they have lost everything. they had to leave all everything. their guns behind. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in September, they, like, risk it to return to Dallas to visit their families. Well, which they actually... a little break from crime. Yeah. Go visit the, mom and dad. They did that a decent amount. Like, the reason they hung around the area was because they were still, like, seeing yeah. their family members, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and 
to my knowledge, none of their other family members were like active criminals in the way that they were. Well, um, but they also weren't turning them in. You know, it was just like, well, no, a, you yeah, wouldn't. No, no. In that situation. No. Probably. Jones like parts with them when they go to Dallas because his family is in Houston. So he goes to see his family and he actually gets arrested while he's in Houston. That's sloppy. Yeah. So um, on November 28th, a Dallas grand jury indicts Clyde for the murder of Deputy Malcolm Davis earlier that year. And that is his first warrant for murder. First of several. Yeah. Um, (laughs) First time they could say, that guy definitely killed that guy. Well, (laughs) because Jones ratted on him to get a lighter sentence after he got arrested. Of course Um, he did. Yeah, but but that's the other thing is that they ha- killed a lot of people. Yes. And they could never nail it down on them because they were constantly on the run. There yep. were no eyewitnesses. Or if they were, there was nobody who could for sure positively or ID them. Or it was like you couldn't prove which one of the gang members There were like the three person. of them shooting. And, and so that nobody, makes it yeah. hard to get a conviction. Yes. And whole so thing. even though... It was known that they have killed several people at this point. They right. couldn't nail them down on anything. Yeah. Um, and you're, again, you're running into that problem of, well, now that he has a warrant out for murder in Texas, but if he's in Missouri, you can't, you can't get him do anything that. about it. Yeah. yeah. So here, 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 we're now in here 1934. We go. Let's and do a it. lot of stuff is going to happen in 1934. So let's just go. Let's do it. So on January 16th, 1934, Clyde helps five prisoners, including a former partner, Raymond Hamilton, and Henry Methvin, escape from the East Ham prison. So going way back to the beginning, this is what he was wanting to do the whole time. He wanted to raid the prison and help somebody escape. Mm -hmm. And in this case, it happened to be a couple of people he had worked with before, you know. But... The breakout is like the Texas police's last straw. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, so you've been running circles around us for a long time, and now you have uh, orchestrated a major prison break. It's time to, like, buckle up. And the federal government is also now like, yeah, we got to do something about these two. (laughs) Yeah. So they they are determined to finally nail them down. So the Texas Department of Corrections hires retired Texas Ranger Frank Hamner to lead the hunt for Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, in February of 1934, he starts trailing the the Barrow gang. And this mm-hmm. is, like, he's very determined. And uh, this is a quote I got, I think, from the Wikipedia that is just talking about the type of person that Frank Hamner is. He's a Texas um, Ranger. Exactly. Uh, for 20 years, he had been feared and admired throughout Texas as, quote, the walking embodiment of the one riot, one ranger ethos. Ethos. He, ethos. <laughs> he had acquired a formidable reputation as a result of several spectacular captures and the shooting of a number of Texas criminals. He was officially credited with 53 kills and suffered 17 wounds. Yeah. Okay. Um, so they, they, uh, they brought in the big guns. feelings mm-hmm. about Texas Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. Also, they're just paid. They're that- just like official bounty hunters. It's wild. Uh, saying that a cop was credited with yeah. a certain number of kills. Like, Mary, it's not a video game. Uh-huh. Oh, I hate it. Okay. Yeah, not fun. Okay, moving on. Yeah. Um, On April 1st, 1934, which is Easter Sunday, uh, Clyde and Henry Methvin kill Highway Patrolmen H.D. Murphy and Edward Bryant Wheeler in Grapevine, Texas. And... We're going to talk about a couple of eyewitness accounts, but they, oh, they were such a mess. Most of them have been decredited, <laughs> discredited. But some eyewitness accounts also claim that body shot at the men. And up to this point, that has never been a claim. Like, she was involved in the crime. She was involved in the she robberies. She wasn't usually the shooter. She, she went to jail, right? But yes, yeah. she didn't, she was not usually the shooter. She was never spotted firing the weapons and killing the people. Like, that was just not how she was... 
You know, eyewitness accounts are already so unreliable. I genuinely cannot imagine how unreliable they must have been in this particular situation Mm -hmm. where there are so many crimes happening and also the people are so famous. So people who, like, see it happen, it must be so, like, grandiose in their heads that there's Mm -hmm. no possible way they would actually remember what they saw, (laughs) like, as it was. Right. Anyway. Um, so these murders are are now known as the Grapevine Killings, um, and they very wildly changed public opinion of the Barrow Gang because the because they thought she shot or no because the neither of the um, patrolmen were able to draw their weapons they, oh. they were just shot outright um, and I people see. did not care for that. Um, <laughs> That's also, where they drew the line. Yeah, they were like, but if they can't shoot back, no, now we yeah. don't like you. Well, because a lot of the times the other I things know. were like in a shootout. And, oh, I know how why. exciting and like yeah, it's ridiculous. I understand it. It's um, just dumb. <laughs> yeah, but but these killings are also what now changes the public view of Bonnie. You know, before yes. it was just like oh how scandalous she's running around with these murders. But, but yeah. a bunch of people said they saw her shoot. Some people saw said they saw her like laughing as the men died. And then there's um. Some eyewitnesses say that a cigar with small teeth marks oh was found at the scene, which I guess means small teeth. It has to be Bonnie, which is like, what are you talking hey, just, about? Just for the record, um, teeth mark evidence is actually not even that reliable now. In fact, it's been debunked many times. Small so I'm going to have to go ahead and say that is nonsense. Yeah. Um. So... Now the public is pretty firmly against the Barrow Gang. Mm-hmm. They 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 are not seen as these like glamorous people anymore. Um, and several rewards are offered for their bodies, not for mm-hmm. their like arrest for they them don't care. Like, dead. Yeah. yeah. Um. So these reward pools start to build around this time. Right. Five days later. They kill Constable William Campbell in Oklahoma. So it was like, bam, bam. And he was like really well beloved by his community. He was like a retired constable. And so people were already against them. And this did not help. Um, They also then kidnap police chief Percy Boyd and release him across state lines. And when they release him, Bonnie instructs him to tell the papers that she does not smoke cigars. That is such a Bonnie thing to do. Yeah. She's hey, like, how dare hey, you be, how dare you make be slandering this, my name? Make this about me, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, that's that's where that public image of her does not fit with the with her actual involvement with any of the crimes that they committed, you know? I, I just find yeah, that to be... I mean... Yeah, people think that she was the one out there toting the guns along with him, and she wasn't really. Mm-hmm. I mean, physically. Yeah. She, I mean, she was there. She mm-hmm. was certainly... I mean, she loved it. She loved it. Mm-hmm. And let's not act like maybe he would have lost his gusto if he didn't have her cheering him on. Right. They wouldn't have been so famous if not for the two of them together. Right. But yeah, she wasn't like, she wasn't like the, as you would call it, like the Triggerman as much as people think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's even hard to say, you know, some people see her as like the criminal mastermind and even that's hard to say because the agenda, the agenda of like fighting against like the Texas, like, well, but people like to, was not her M.O., no, but people like to when there's a female yeah. who is like committing crimes, they let people need like this narrative of she must be truly evil and mm-hmm. she must be like manipulative and mm-hmm. the one pulling the strings because otherwise why would she be involved or why would he be doing this if she, if yeah. not so entranced by her mm-hmm. and that's just not the truth. The, the no. fact is that actually she was wildly infatuated with him. Mm-hmm. And so, I i mean, for lack of a better term, turned on by everything that he was doing, mm-hmm. that that became her identity too. And that's mm-hmm. what she wanted. They were both fully consensual in these crimes. Mm-hmm. And I don't think one was more of a mastermind than the other, frankly. Right. I mean, yeah, it was his agenda, but like, was it? Because again, at a certain point, 
you know, how much of it is so much, how much of it is his agenda and how much of it is, this is just our job now. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. anyway. Um, this is a, this is another quote I got, I think from the Wikipedia, um, about after they released Boyd, uh, Boyd identified both Barrow and Parker to the authorities, but never learned Methvin's name. The resultant arrests, arrest warrants for Cam- the Campbell murder specified Clyde Barrow, Bonnie Parker, and John Doe. Hmm. Uh, historian Knight writes, for the first time, Bonnie was seen as a killer, actually pulling the trigger, just like Clyde. Whatever chance she had for clemency had just been reduced. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the Dallas Journal ran a cartoon on its editorial page showing an empty electric chair with a sign on it saying reserved, adding the words Bonnie and Clyde. So it's like the official shift of the public opinion yeah. is now. Uh, so as all of this is happening, Hamner and his posse of Texas and uh, Louisiana uh, sure. officers um, have been tracking Bonnie and Clyde's movements. So Hamner, another quote just well said, um, Hamner had studied the game's gang's movements and found that they swung in a circle, skirting the edges of five Midwestern states, exploiting the state line rule, which prevented officers from pursuing a fugitive into another jurisdiction. Barrow was consistent in his movements, so Hamner charted his path and predicted where he would go. The gang's itinerary centered on family visits, and they were due to see Methvin's family in Louisiana. So he studied them and he figured them out. Everybody's got a pattern. Mm -hmm. Most people have got a pattern. Yeah. Not everybody. There have been a few, but Mm -hmm. for the most part. But this is the first time any police force had dedicated time to study him and his movements. And so Hamner figured it out. It wasn't that hard. (laughs) So if I'm referring to the posse in the coming bits, I'm talking about the the cops. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was like this group of six cops and I could list all their names, but I don't care that much. Uh, Now we would call it a task force. Yes, basically. Yeah. yeah. So the posse learns on May 21st, 1934, that the Barrow gang are planning on coming to bienville parish louisiana to visit methvin so they had been separated methvin was at home and his family they were coming to like see him and pick him up and keep going uh the posse convinces methvin's father to park his car along the road with the hopes that bonnie and clyde would stop at the car to like talk to Mm -hmm. methvin's father um because they've done they've done that before so the officers hide out on the road beside the car for like almost two days they get word that they're coming and they just camp out and they're like about ready to give up they think the plan has changed but at 9 15 a.m on may 23rd 1934 bonnie and clyde drive up the road in clyde's ford v8 um clyde slows down to speak to methvin's father like they were expecting him to do uh and he that puts them in range of the officers the officers open fire while the vehicle is still moving and Clyde is shot in the head and killed almost immediately. Like one of the first couple of shots and Bonnie dies shortly after also because the officers fire 130 rounds on the car. That's too Um, many. Yeah. It's too many for two people who aren't armed. Yeah. So Clyde was- Not that they, not, sorry, not that Bonnie or Clyde ever showed that same kind of- passion to other people they also they they were armed we'll talk about it in a minute they found but they weren't yeah they weren't firing to shoot yeah they weren't firing back um clyde was 25 when he died and bonnie was 23 which is wild that's how old i am yeah that is insane they're both younger than me yeah crazy um so after the fact they find that there are 112 bullet holes in the car. Uh, the official coroner's report shows that Bonnie was shot 26 times and Clyde was shot 17 times. Um, the gunfire was so loud that the officers are deafened for most of the afternoon after the fact. Uh, the Most of the posse leave the scene to report the deaths and a couple of the officers stay to guard the car and the bodies while they get like the coroner and like, you know, people to Mm -hmm. come and take care of it. 
But as soon as word gets out that Bonnie and Clyde have been killed, hundreds of spectators arrive on the scene. And they, like, overwhelm the remaining officers that are there. Yeah. They, like, Um, surround the car and everything. One person manages to cut off some of Bonnie's hair and her dress. Um, Somebody tries to cut off Clyde's trigger finger, uh, but isn't successful. Uh, When the coroner shows up on the scene... He says, quote, nearly everyone had begun collecting souvenirs such as shell casings, slivers of glass from the shattered car windows, bloody pieces of clothing from the garments of Bonnie and Clyde. One eager man had opened his pocket knife and was reaching into the car to cut off Clyde's left ear. Like, people went nuts trying to collect souvenirs. I think there's pictures. Oh, yes. Of them, like, surrounding the car. There is film from right after the shooting. Um, yeah. so, and there are pictures of the crime scene. Do not look at them. They're brutal. No, but they're, they're awful. They're, but there are, like, But actual... you can see, you mm-hmm. can see the car now, though. Like, yeah, we'll talk about that the, in a minute. We'll wild, talk about that but, in a yeah. minute. Um, but, like, in the pictures of the crime scene, they're, like, still in the car. So it's, like, d- yeah, d- it's, do it's yourself a favor. Don't. I see them. They're, it's brutal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, and, the, yeah, there are pictures of the people, like, swarming the car. It's crazy. Is that, it's, like, such a weird thing that people did. Like, mm-hmm. people people now say, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent, but, like, people now, it's like, yeah, we're all obsessed with true crime and stuff. Like, it's very popular right now. Trust me, I'm into it. I watch all the true, true crime stuff. But it's, like, people have always been that way. Like, people yeah. think this is new. It's not. People These went people out to watch would- hangings for fun. A hundred percent. They would show up at prisons and they still did this into like the 80s and 90s when someone very famous was set to be executed. Mm -hmm. People would show up, stand outside, hold signs. They did this with Ted Bundy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like this is very common and Mm -hmm. people have always been so obsessed with like criminals. And I, I don't. I think it's completely wild to go to the extent to show up to a crime scene and try to take parts of that crime scene. Like, that is too much. Like, that's a problem. I don't see a problem with, like, being interested in it. Obviously, I'm interested in it. We're We're doing an episode. It's fascinating, yeah. But I just cannot imagine, like... That, carrying it out to that extent. That's, that's wild to me. Yeah, it's so wild to me. nuts. Um, so eventually they manage to clear the crowd out and the posse tows the car with the bodies still inside to- Which is and also I've, wild. I'm yeah. sorry. That's um, wild. I've included this just because I find it, I don't know. Uh, they take the car to the Conger furniture, furniture store and funeral parlor in Arcadia, Louisiana, sure. which was apparently very common for furniture stores to, to also uh, yes. be for funeral parlors. Funeral parlors, yeah. I did not know that, and that is wild. Um, yeah, I did and, know that. And while they're there, they're identified by family members and some folks who they had kidnapped came to identify them. Oh, um, sure. And they're embalmed while they're there. Apparently, one of the first people they ever kidnapped worked at a funeral home and was called huh. to identify their bodies and helped to embalm them. Wow. And Bonnie had made a joke with that guy when they kidnapped him that maybe one day he would be embalming them. <laughs> and nuts? he said, he said, you're damn right I will. I absolutely will now. Thank you. Yeah. Um. The population of that town apparently went from 2,000 to 12,000 within hours. Um, People came by train, horseback, buggy, and plane. Beer normally sold for 15 cents a bottle, but it jumped (laughs) to 25 cents. Oh, we love surge prices. Yeah, and the food sold out. You know, it was was a big, it was a big to-do. That's wild. Um, Bonnie and Klein wanted to be buried side by side. Uh, but Bonnie's family wouldn't allow it. Uh, I just stole this quote from the Wikipedia because it sums it up really well. Um, her mother wanted to grant her final wish to be brought home, but the mobs surrounding the Parker house made it impossible. They, like, couldn't get her there. Wow. Um, more than 20,000 people attended her funeral. Wow. And her family had difficulty reaching her gravesite. That's sad. Yeah. That uh, makes me sad for her family. I know. Parker's services were held on May 26th. Uh, Dr. Alan Campbell recalled that flowers came from everywhere, including some cards allegedly from Pretty Boy Floyd and John mm-hmm. Dillinger. That, that's so funny because it's like they were 
famous and yeah. fascinating and then they were deeply hated yeah and then it's like oh but now we want to mourn them it's yeah. just so like the performative actions of people yeah is um, so interesting this i find fascinating the largest floral tribute was sent by a group of dallas city newsboys oh the sudden <gasps> end of bonnie and clyde sold five hundred thousand newspapers wow. in dallas alone so they wow. honored her with some flowers for that Thanks for making um, us money. She was buried in Fish Trap Cemetery, although she was moved in 1945 to the new Crown Hill Cemetery in Dallas. And apparently her only living relative, like her niece, is still petitioning to get her moved next to Clyde. Clyde. Um, Interesting. You would think by now they'd be like, I know. Sure. Uh, Clyde had a private funeral that was held on May 25th. He was buried in Western Heights Cemetery in Dallas next to his brother, Marvin. Um, the Barrow brothers share a single granite marker with their names on it and an epitaph writ- selected by Clyde, quote, gone but not forgotten. Which is. <laughs> no, you certainly were not. Correct. Yeah. Um, the members of the posse of officers uh, didn't get almost any of the award money because people started pulling out as soon as they were actually dead. Well, but also, like, it was kind of your job, so yeah. I don't really think you get a reward. Yeah. Like, you get a salary, so. Yeah. Um, but they are told that they can take whatever they want from the confiscated goods from the car. That is bonkers. Yeah, well, because they were all Texas Rangers, so they worked on on bounty and souvenirs, so they were told it's... they could get whatever they want. Um... They had a bunch of weapons. Some people took weapons. Um, There's a rumor that there was, like, a briefcase of money that somebody took. Somebody Mm -hmm. took Clyde's saxophone. Like, all kinds of stuff. One officer tried to take the car, the bullet for the VA. But because the car was stolen, the original owner got it back and then sold it as a souvenir. Oh, yeah. And like you were saying, the car has been displayed in tons of places over the years, but since 2011, it is on display at Whiskey Pete's Hotel and Casino in Prim, Nevada. And I think that you can, like, pay to sit in it, which I would not do. No, never would I ever sit in it. I would see it. I wouldn't sit in it. And they've got, like, I'm pretty sure they've got, like, a statue next to it that's, I guess, supposed to be Clyde, but it just looks like um, a really, like, generic mobster guy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which is really funny to me, because he's not a mobster. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's, the car is, like. It's really, it's it's really messed up. It's so crazy to look at because Mm -hmm. it's, like. Because it had crashed into a ditch, so the front of it's all busted. It was already not great. And one whole side of it is completely ruined. It's just littered. Yeah. Littered with, with bullet holes. And it's just so interesting because, I don't know, I feel like there aren't that, there are so many famous, like, cases of you know, criminals and capture mm-hmm. and crime scenes and all that stuff. But it's so not normal to be able to say, like, this is the real, yeah. the real actual thing. And those are the bullet holes. The, that killed like, them. The real actual, it's so wild, it's wild. to look at. I don't yeah. know. It's like, I don't know. It's it's so weird. Yeah. But that summer after they died, um, Bank robbery and kidnapping were changed to federal crimes. Yeah. And by the end of the year, Dillinger, Floyd, and Nelson had all been killed. So it was like one it fell set off swoop. that chain yeah. of events. Yeah. yeah. Catching them set off the, the final chain of events that sort of ruined the... And that. it's just so interesting, the, like, mythos that has mm-hmm. risen around them, like we were talking about, you know... Was she the one? Like, because people want so badly to understand, like, what was going through their minds. And it's like, well, I think what was going through their minds is that they were living through the Great Depression and they didn't have that many options. Mm -hmm. And this is what they thought they could do. And then Bonnie was just, like, infatuated with the whole lifestyle. Lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And that's where the poetry comes from. But the poetry makes things mysterious for people. And it's like... Sort of the pictures and, like... Baby, she was just writing what she felt. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what to tell you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I don't think there's anything mysterious about it. Yeah. But... Yeah, well, they're fascinating. Speaking of that that mythos, let's let's okay. do some Google autofill and see let's what the internet it. wants to know. Please. So I did um was Clyde Barrow um a psychopath? Mm. 
Probably not. Who's he seems say? pretty logical in his actions. I don't I don't know. I mean, yeah. we don't really know enough about him or his personality to yeah. say. There's also but a I would sociopath say on here, which would be more likely to me, but still, I don't know. No, I don't know. It seems too, mm-hmm. um, I, it's not uh, that calculated when you think about yeah. it. I mean, sure, he had a, a strategy, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't call it that calculated. And he... It's so hard to tell because his crimes were not based on, like, manipulating other people right. or it was just really other people at all. Yeah, it was just violence yeah, for violence so sake. that's something I think we would never possibly know. Yeah. There's um, no way to know. Was Clyde Barrow asexual? I haven't heard that. I have heard that he was bisexual because um, of some stories that Jones told when he was... Mm, you know, okay. snitching on them. Um, I have heard bisexual. I've never heard asexual, which is really interesting. I did not. Again, I've, that's hard to tell because we mm-hmm. don't have like his writings right. or, and we only have like this one other person's word to go yeah. off of, yeah. like you said. So um, interesting question. Uh, a good shot, I would say probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Or at least good enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't really have to be good if you think about it. Mm-hmm. They're just, you know, letting loose. Uh, handsome. I don't know. There are pictures of him. I guess that's up to you. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's do was Bonnie Parker. Pretty. I don't know. You you uh, decide. Subjective. You decide. That's such a weird thing to ask Google. So is, is pretty? Attra- attractive is always, also on here. You you figure that Why? out for yourself. Why? Um, okay, hold on. It took us like five interesting questions about Clyde. There were yeah. like four interesting questions there before we got to one about his looks. Bonnie, first, first one. one. Was yeah. she good looking? Yeah. Gross. Um was Bonnie Parker crippled? Uh technically, I, that injury yeah. affected her. Uh yeah. married before Clyde? Yes. Yes. Uh pregnant when she died. I've heard that. Oh rumor yeah, that's before. a big rumor. I, big I, I rumor. don't think there's anything that would say one way or I the other. I think we would have known by now for sure. Well, I and think also the coroner had a really hard time embalming them because of how injured they yeah. were. So they had to be pretty thorough, and I think we would have known. Uh, we definitely would have known. Um, a killer? Who knows, actually? Who knows? Uh, bipolar? I've heard that also. I have, too. Again, I, I feel like we don't know enough about their personalities mm-hmm. to really get, have any idea of how they may have been diagnosed. Right. And then related to Butch Cassidy... Hmm. I've never heard that. <laughs> I was not at all prepared for that one. Me either. <laughs> okay. Let's uh let's do let's finish with were Bonnie and Clyde. Okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um in love, I guess. I don't know. I think she was definitely in love with him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. In a relationship, I would say probably. Well, in some form of a relationship, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had a relationship with one another. Yeah. Buried together? No. No. Racist. I mean, almost certainly. I mean, it was the Just 1930s based on and context. they were white people. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> probably, yeah. Um, if they weren't, I would be shocked. That's he, how I'll answer that one. We have, were Bonnie and Clyde heroes? And then also, were Bonnie and Clyde evil? <laughs> Wow, okay. Um, I would say no to the first one for sure. Uh-huh. I uh, would not call them heroes. They were call not them... Robin Hood types. <laughs> no. Would I call them evil? I don't know. That one's so hard. Yeah. I guess it depends on your definition of evil. Yeah. I don't know. There are, so- I mean, the things that they did were were, were certainly not righteous. Yeah. Yeah. But they, but when I think about evil, like there are some truly sick and twisted people yeah, in the yeah. world. I wouldn't probably put them on that like list. level with those serial killer yeah, types. Yeah. Um so I don't know. That's a that's an interesting one. I know. That's a thinker. We'll 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 end on one that I think we can answer. Were okay. Bonnie and Clyde idolized? Yes. A hundred percent still are. That's why still we are, are currently talking about them yeah. right now. Because 100%. they are wildly idolized. What a weird thing to ask Google. Hey, yeah. Google, these people that I've heard of. That are um, famous. <laughs> are they, are they, are they idolized? idolized? Can you tell me? Yeah. Oh, wow. That was a good one. Thanks. That was fun. I had a good time that with that was. one. Despite I mean, it being just like, 
a lot. <laughs> well, it's just a very interesting story, and there yeah. were so many things to talk about. This episode ended up being longer than I thought it would, just because I kept derailing us. But um, there were a lot of things to discuss. Yeah. Um, that was a good one. Thanks. Um, I know, I know, this has been kind of a long one, but there's one more thing I think we wanted to bring up before we move Finish on up. to the business of wrapping up. Yeah. So, um, we we often ask you guys, um, to submit your ideas for things for us to talk about um and absolutely please do that we love getting your topic suggestions and we love doing them but uh i was thinking of another way that we could get y'all involved with what we're doing here and i thought it could be fun if you have a weird story about your family's history or like some wild person that you're related to or or that you know yeah or something that's got passed down to you like yeah so like for instance ours would be like we are related to the person who composed the music for silent night right so this is like our um you know, dinner party fun fact yeah, about yeah, our yeah, family yeah. history. So yeah. if you have something like that, that you would, would like really to love share. to hear about it. Yeah. yeah. If, if you want to like share that with the internet and you want to send that to us, email, Twitter, whatever, we'll we'll tell you what all those are in a minute. Um, pl- and you're cool with that being shared on the podcast, please yeah. send those our way. And, you know, at the end of episodes sometimes we'll share some weird stuff that you have submitted to us we would love to hear your stories and you know if you send them in here's all i would ask um you know don't send me a novel uh, (laughs) because i'm probably not gonna read the whole thing so just be you know like succinct um please let us know how you'd like to be identified so this is both in name and pronouns Mm -hmm. so i know some people might not want like their actual name on the podcast so even if it's totally fine name yeah yeah, or just like an initial or something, that's fine too. But please let us know your pronouns so that we're not um, like accidentally misgendering you or making assumptions right. without knowing. Um, so please give us that information. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, we haven't named this yet. So if you've got a good yeah. idea, shoot that along too. <laughs> we don't know what to call the segment, but we think it'll be a good one. So if you think of a good name uh, for what we might title this little segment. Please let us know. You know we love a bit in a segment on this show. Yes, yes. So um, give us suggestions. Mm-hmm. And if you have any of those stories, if you have suggestions for the name, if you have other topic suggestions, you can email those to us at rememberthatpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at RTTPod. Um, and we're also on Facebook if you want to search the name there. I would say probably don't message us there if you have suggestions because I probably won't see it because I'm really bad at Facebook. Um, but, but if you want to find the podcast email there. Regularly. Yeah. yeah, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if you want to give us a rating or review wherever you listen to this podcast, that would be great. And if you want to find me on the internet, I am at The Real Anna Webb. And I'm at ACW Nerdfighter. Yay. Yay. What a good one. Um, I don't know what the next one's going to be. I've got like an idea, but I don't want to say it in case I change my mind. Cool. Because that happens <laughs> yeah. to me often. Sometimes halfway through my research, I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. Yep, this that happens to me all the time. Um, so don't know what it'll be, but. But yeah, send along your suggestions um, and your fun stories. And uh, until next time. Remember that time.